welcome to the Undercover Angel Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. So we've got, we've sort of laid the groundwork with hope, then heroin, then spiritual warfare, then Japan, and then why. And it sort of defies explanation. So some of it could be considered funny, but it really wasn't. So I jotted, I didn't really write the book in any particular order, but this is just sort of how it worked out after I had written big chunks of it. And I just kind of set this, I wanted to sort of set the stage to kind of engage the reader. And then I wanted to go back in time. And it wasn't until I got into a, an additional recovery program a few years ago, about six years ago, that the glue of this book started, the, the book started coming together because there was this missing link with early childhood stuff. I hadn't written any early childhood stuff until a few years ago, and all that all that there was of the book, because there wasn't any of this childhood stuff, this childhood glue that kind of glued it all together, it was just sort of a bunch of, it was a lot of kind of pornographic heroin stories, and there was still the resolution, there was still the spiritual awakening, and the the happy ending. The book has a happy ending, if you couldn't tell, because I'm sitting here alive. So no spoiler alerts. But it was when I started to do deeper work regarding my inner child and its woundedness that this entire project started to make a lot more sense. So I'm going back in time now. I'm not sure how many... I might group a bunch of these episodes together. I'll probably group a, a few of these little short little chapters together here in this one episode. But I remember being three years old and living in this town called Naperville, Illinois. And maybe I remember, you know, age two also a little bit. And I remember being this kind of scrappy little kid. And I remember water. I remember the pool. I remember going to the pool and being very at peace in the water. I also remember the Chicago blizzard of 1978, and I remember the snow forts that the next-door neighbors, they were, their names were the Campos, Jeff Campo, and I think it was John Campo. And they were like, they were like nine or ten, and I was like three, so they were like in another universe. And they had skateboards and little Nash banana boards, little plastic skateboards, and they had dirt bikes, not like motorcycles, but dirt boy bikes, and they would go to this dirt hill and ride their dirt bikes. And one of them came back one day from the hospital, and he had a broken arm, and I remember thinking, like, that's so cool. I want a broken arm. Because you know when you're a kid and you see a cast, you think it's, like, the coolest thing, especially for, like, a little boy. And... I remember seeing Empire Strikes Back in the theater, and I remember learning how to ride a bike before I was four years old. And I remember so much about, so much of it just seemed so normal. We were lived in a, in a nice little cul-de-sac, and we were upper middle class, and every opportunity in so many ways that could be afforded me was. And so 
I really just was this kind of sort of like spazzy, kind of happy-ish, I think, little kid who just wanted to, you know, be the little boy that he was. But this sort of little, this sort of just normal little child also had this little monster inside of him, this rageful little beast. And so the the chapter about the piñata, this was the first time that I can remember essentially going insane or being insane. And this is also the time that I remember other people in my family potentially being insane as well. Now, I don't want to betray my family. I don't want to expose any secrets. I certainly would like to protect those in my immediate family as much as possible. But I just have these dark memories from when I was a very young child. And so I jotted down here in italics, I think my first memory, like my very first one, was of my sister crying, lying helpless on the sofa, tears heavy like lead, screaming at something unseen. And almost as if there was like another tortured existence to live through. So these are like my early memories. There's the memories of like the snow fort and playing with the next door neighbors and learning how to ride a bike. And then there's like the darker side, right? And so this chapter about the pinata, this little section on the pinata, about the pinata, I just remember seeing the candy spill from the pinata and looking at it and knowing it was wrong. And I remember as a three-year-old little kid thinking, you freaking idiots, you should have known, you should have known I wanted Tootsie Rolls or whatever. And Lots of kids throw tantrums, but the tantrum that I threw was a little bit beyond most. And there was sort of a, a pattern that started to unfold here. Now, there's this psychologist, this psychotherapist I follow on YouTube named Sam Volkin. And, and he basically says that when a little child within within between ages the ages of like 3 months and 6 months there is this sort of like preliminary separation that happens between the child and the mother and that separation so the, a, a little baby essentially believes that it is one with its mother in in a little baby's mind the the baby and the mother are one and that separation, when there's a separation, like these preliminary separations, and I invite you to do your own research on this, on this because this is really just layman's understanding, but it's pretty thorough layman's understanding. The, this, the separation results in a psychological scarring, and that psychological scarring becomes the personality. So your personality, in other words, is, uh, is scar tissue that came as the result of the separation uh, between you and your mother at a very, very, very early age. And if that is not done, for lack of a better word, gracefully, or for lack of a better word, perfectly, or for lack of a better word, um, tactfully, all for lack of a better word, 
then the personality can be es- skewed. And so this it would be the this would sort of lay the groundwork for something akin to, or could potentially have laid the groundwork for something akin to like a borderline like borderline personality disorder. This sort of fundamentally emotionally dysregulated state that I seemed to be afflicted by. So in other words, perhaps, and there's not really any way of proving this, but perhaps my mother was too coddling, too caring, too controlling. And when that separation started to ensue, like when she put me down for a nap or whatever, um, that that scarring was like too much. The formation of the scars was too much. And so then there was this, this need to act out in extreme ways, ways I later found out when I went to rehab for the first time that's referred to as King Baby, King Baby Syndrome. So in other words, there was a, in a lot of ways, I never grew up until I was in my 30s at kind of like a fundamental level. But I'll try to cover sort of all of this as the podcast progresses. But what I've started to realize or I've come to realize is that the early separation between me and my mother result result excuse me resulted in a relatively profound emotionally dysregulated affect. And then you sort of see what happens when you don't have a in when when you're emotion fundamentally emotionally dysregulated when drugs come along 10, 15 years later, they are really just a continuation of the emotional intoxication that I experienced from a very, very early age. So I'm going to go ahead and complete or wrap up this episode there, and I'll tune into you for the next one. Thanks for listening to the Undercover Angel, Angel Podcast. Bye-bye.